Hello and welcome to Retconned, a show about geeky things. I'm Rick Marshall, and today we're talking about virtual reality and education. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Virtual reality is taking over as the norm in not only the video game world, but also in academics. Could a history lecture be enhanced by allowing students to virtually experience a moment in time? Faculty at Williams College in Western Massachusetts think so. And WAMC's Jim Lavoulis went to find out how they intend to do it. And now we have put some headphones on you, and you probably won't be able to hear me okay. after that point, so I'll, I'll shout at you. Okay. Um. I completely lost track of where Williams College professor Morgan McGuire was after he strapped me into what are basically ski goggles and headphones that entirely covered my ears. Instead of standing in a square gray room inside a library, I was in some sort of high-tech robot world. Hidden in that room are two things that look like little wall speakers, and those are these, uh, they're called lighthouses, but they're basically these little laser beacons, and it's constantly sweeping the room with sort of a radar-like sweep, and because there's two of them, it can use that to triangulate exactly where your head and your hands are. And so that's how the system knows that when you move your head, it has to rotate the world in the opposite direction to make it seem like it's staying put. Using two controllers with buttons allowing me to virtually grab things in this game world, I was tested on repairing a robot before it self-destructed. I failed and was quickly sent back to the square gray room. Thank you for your participation. That's a recording. He has to say that. That was wild. <laughs> I mean, I think my heart rate, heart rate was up. Definitely. So I think the line from the, the Matrix is something like, you know, no one can be told what the Matrix is, you have to see it for yourself. McGuire is an associate professor of computer science at Williams who has contributed to video game franchises such as Call of Duty and Marvel Ultimate Alliance. He says part of what makes VR so realistic is low latency. The goal is to be around 10 milliseconds of latency. So that's 10 thousandth of a second is the delay between when you move your hand and when your hand has to move in virtual reality. It's technically impossible to achieve that today. We're somewhere around 50 to 60 milliseconds, but there are a lot of clever tricks we can do to predict things. So you can't move your hand instantaneously. When you start moving your hand or your head, we can predict, well, you can only accelerate so fast. If you've started moving your head, it's going to keep moving for a little while, and I can predict where you'll be at the end of that movement. McGuire has been working with students and faculty in other departments to see how virtual reality can be the next big thing in film, or if it can create experiences to enhance the understanding of history. So I just put you in an experience where I took you to this science fiction laboratory, and to some extent I hope it felt like you were really there. And your memories of that place should be very different than if you played a video game or you saw a movie in terms of your remembering being there and the sensations of what are being there, the sounds that you hear around you, the things you see. And there's a level of exploration you can get into because of the interactivity and, and the embodiment where if it was the Colosseum, you could pick up individual rocks, you could look behind things, you could look, you could do all kinds of things that you're not going to get from, say, you know, a really well-produced documentary. This past summer, Williams put on a virtual reality hackathon with professionals from the video game company Activision, which has an office in Albany. Then we actually made new technology, and this included things like a flamethrower that where you could not only see it in virtual reality and you could hear it but it heated up in your hand. So there were electronics that made it get hotter or colder in your hand. McGuire says MIT, Stanford, and European universities are also pushing virtual reality. 
He says sporting events are likely the next virtual reality experience to be available to the masses. Companies like Google and Sony are developing VR products, some of which a person can have in their home for hundreds of dollars or less. McGuire says the New York Times is even experimenting with VR. In fact, the first presidential debate was available in a 360-degree virtual reality view. The notion of journalism and nonfiction forms in VR is essential because when we show you a regular documentary, there's a huge level of editing, hiding the camera crew off screen. If I'm showing you a picture of a protester clashing with a riot police officer, you have a very different impression if you see hundreds more people having those conflicts outside the frame versus if you realize, hey, that's an isolated incident and there are people walking past with baby carriages just outside the frame. But there's no sense crying over every mistake. You just keep on trying till you run out of cake. Direct from a VR headset, that was WAMC's Jim Livewoolis. This has been Recon, a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producers are Jessica Blaustein Marshall and Patrick Garrett. I'm Rick Marshall. Hey, make sure to subscribe to Retcon via iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. It really helps us out and lets us know that you're listening. Thanks again.